Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. I want to be on this side, and I am sealed. Jesus, Holy Spirit, like He sealed me. I'm His. I know which which you know side of the you know which side of the field I'm going to be standing on, and it's going to be over here on the victorious side. But it is a good reminder, it's a good heads up, as we see things just unfolding constantly and continually, especially recently, man, there are pieces to the puzzles that are getting slid into place that we probably don't even, we're not even aware of. Do you know where you're going? In today's message, Pastor James will encourage you to make sure that you know who you belong to. In our culture, it can be easy to fake a relationship with Christ. If you read your Bible, pray, and go to church regularly, no one will bat an eye. But do those things really bring you closer to God when you're just doing them to look the part? No. God sees your heart, and He wants for you to put your whole heart into your relationship with Him. He's waiting with open arms. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Revelation chapter 6 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. Know that he comes with peace, quote unquote. But uh, it really—you'll see the next horse that comes out of the mix—is that anything but peace, right? And there are some guys who think that the uh, the rider of the first horse is actually also the rider of the other horses. Okay, I know um, Warren Wiersbe, guy that I admire, respect tremendously, his commentaries and all that good stuff. I've been consulting those and reading those for many years, and plus his books, um, he has it, this labeled as the Antichrist is not only the guy on the white horse, but he's going to be the guy on the black horse, and on the red horse, and on the pale horse. How, how can we prove that? I don't know. I don't know, but it kind of makes sense, because there's also like this progression that takes place. So you got the first horse, rider in his, he's got a bow, a crown was given to him, so he is, he's been given the opportunity to rule. Now, he doesn't have it apart from God's sovereignty, okay? He can't just show up and do this stuff on his own. God is greenlighting these things to happen. He is greenlighting these things to happen, okay? He came out conquering and to conquer. That was his intent. Verse 3 says, when he opened the second seal... I heard a second living creature say, come. And out came another horse, bright red, and its rider was permitted to take peace from earth. So it's as if like the first guy showing up and yeah, he came to conquer, he came conquering and to conquer, but it was kind of in a manipulative, kind of peaceful way. This next guy, this next one, the red fiery horse, which red is always uh, symptomatic, so to speak, when, when you're talking about war type things as terror and carnage, terror and carnage. That's what this horse would, would represent, this bright red horse. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. So let's assume this is the same rider. Well, you got a bow with no arrows. Well, you're done with that thing. Now you got the sword. 
And, not, and it's not as if he's the one killing or anything like that. It's people. People. I mean, so as this is playing out, and we're talking about, you know, kind of a bird's eye view of, you know, tribulation times and all this good stuff, but um, we need to understand that when this seal is opened up, I mean, it's going to be the first one, it, it seems like things are going good, and then, you know, that, that kind of gets the, the fog kind of clears out from that, and then here's this other horse that shows up, and, and it's just war, and it's humanity coming against humanity to kill each other. Well, I mean, our world history has been nothing but that. I think there's a total of like 200 and some odd years where there hasn't been a war on our planet in total world history. That's insane. There's always been wars going on. And, and there's, unfortunately, there have always been lives that are being taken. And no matter what we feel about it, whether it's right or wrong, humanity, if, if, we, can, if we can do one thing good, it's, it's messing up what God intended to be good. Um, but it's also taking the lives of other people. And we've been doing that for years. When it gets down to the end of it, it's really going to get bad. It's going to get bad. And that's basically what, what's being set up here is you got the seal one, that's, that's opened up. Now the seal two, the signifying of, of war. And again, Matthew 24 talks about this, but you, you, you have just, it's carnage and people just turning on each other, murdering each other. But you'll know this. E even in the midst of that, and you can take note of this, and we'll get deeper into it as we progress through Revelation, but nobody's stopping and surrendering to Jesus. I mean, people are killing each other all around us. And it's like, well, it seems like that might be a good time to stop and say, you know what, Jesus? I think I need you. <laughs> I think I, I want you. Because this world's crazy. It's going to get worse. And even when it gets worse, people still are like, I'm... I'm just going to keep running away from Jesus. There's another horse, the third seal. It says that he opens up the third seal. I heard a third living creature say, come, and I looked, and behold, a black horse. And its rider had a pair of scales in his hand, and I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. So this is fascinating. So horse number three, it's a black horse, which uh, this, this horse represents famine, widespread famine across the land. Well, again, when you have widespread war across the land, what do you think is going to happen to the crops? You're going to lose them. You're going to lose them. So it's going to, create a, a, it's going to create a tremendous problem, but there's going to be famine across the globe. And as we've seen, I mean, we just, we just walked through what felt like tribulation to a certain extent. Like, do you remember going to the grocery store and there's no food on the shelves? There's no meat. I mean, we, you kind of get little glimpses right now of like what, now, this will be a much bigger scale to where they're saying, like, hey, if you want to buy some grain, you want to buy some oatmeal, it's going to cost you a whole day's salary. Whatever you make for that day will sell you this much oatmeal. And you're like, I don't want to spend that much on oatmeal. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But that's how it's, it's food supply. It's gone. 
It's gone. And those who are in control of that are going to use that as leverage. The rich will get richer and the poor will get poorer. That's how it's going to be. This third horse that shows up, it's, it's famine. You got a pair of balances. That's, that's the control of food. A quarter grain worth you know, a whole day's wage. Um, I mean, you can get, you can get more, uh, what's it, barley, um, if I could find my right spot here. Uh, or New Living Translation says this, a, a loaf of wheat bread or, or three loaves of barley will cost a day's page. It's like, I love wheat bread, all right? I do. I, it's my absolute favorite. My family hates it. I don't know why, but they hate it. And I love it. It's the best bread ever. Um, but I'm not going to pay a full day's wage for a loaf of bread. And you can keep the barley loaves because I don't want any of that business. So, and, that's, and you can tell the value of those things. They're like, well, we'll give you three barley loaves. You know, it's like, I don't, nobody wants that. But you can, you can tell, like, there's, there's the inflation. Uh, it's just crazy. But what's the deal with the oil and the wine? Oil and wine, uh, oftentimes, um, you know, reserved for the rich, those who have money. So it's fascinating that here it is. It's like uh, this, this proclamation goes out, and it's like uh, the voice of the four living beings saying, a loaf of bread, of wheat bread, and three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay. Don't waste the olive oil and wine. Reserve that. So it's almost as if it's creating this, like, tension within the world itself of, like, hey, listen, um, if, you, if, if you work all day, you can buy a loaf of bread. Now, if you already got money, well, then you can enjoy some olive oil and some wine and all that good stuff because nothing's going to touch that. But you can't, if you can barely buy, afford to buy a loaf of bread, you surely aren't going to be buying olive oil and wine. So it's going to cause conflict. Conflict. That's already kind of there anyways, right? If we're honest. Grain, oil, and wine, uh, those are key products of Israel. So that's kind of fascinating as well. Key products of Israel. And these are going to be things that are um, used, so to speak, uh, in, in the whole the end times kind of scenario. People are going to be struggling. They're going to be struggling. And you might be thinking through your head like, okay, so but this doesn't make sense. And, and I hear this a lot. They're like, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Right? Like, why would he do this to people? Well, I think I understand the question. I get the question. I get the reasoning. I, I understand kind of the logic behind that. The problem is, is like, why, why, do, why is his sacrifice of his one and only son not good enough for you? Right? I mean, that's what it comes down to. God is love. God is loving. God is merciful. But God is also just, and he is, man, he has had his son on display for thousands of years. The greatest proclamation of love towards humanity that God could ever demonstrate, and he has continually had people spit in his face about that one thing, continually rejecting Jesus, continually rejecting Jesus, and we're supposed to be okay with that. And so when judgment comes, we're supposed to be like, well, if he was really a loving God, then he wouldn't be like that. It's like, I'm sorry, but he is a really loving God, and he's given humanity countless opportunities. At some point in time, it has to stop. 
At some point in time, the grace runs out. Because humanity, even in these conditions, what you're not going to see is revival. Now, we'll get into the finer minutiae as we go through Revelation. You'll see that revival does break out in the book of Revelation. Lots of people end up getting saved. There's a lot of Jews that end up getting saved. It's a really cool thing that happens there. But you also have a lot of other uh, Gentiles that get saved during the book of Revelation. So that's a sweet thing. So you do have people turning to him. But by and large, what we think would people would be like, you know what? I think we've had it wrong this whole time. And maybe that Jesus thing is actually the best thing. There's not a lot of that. In fact, until the very end, just a spoiler alert, when he does come back, there is an army prepared to meet Jesus as if they're going to fight him, as if humanity is going to kill Jesus again, again. That's how, like, that's how just kind of messed up we get as people where we're like, he's given us time and time and time, and then when he's like, look, I can't. The clock is, it's at midnight. It's at midnight. And, it, it, and he is a loving God. And, and you have this whole portion of the population over here that has been, you know, just name it, fill in the blanks. Whether it's kids that have been just absolutely abused, well, when, what is justice for them? What about, what about them? What about them? Revelation is an answer to them. No, 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 we're not cool with Jesus showing up and, you know, allowing all this stuff to happen. Well, when were you ever cool about these poor kids getting sexually abused? Right? What do we do with that? You're okay with that to continue happening so long as Jesus doesn't have to show up and in the world? I'm sorry, but that thinking is garbage. I pray he does come back. I pray justice comes with him for the ones that have no voice. We as humanity have had plenty of time to get our act right. Plenty of time. I'm surprised he hasn't come back yet, to be honest with you. But I pray he does, because justice needs to be served. Absolutely so. It, it's, it's a fascinating thing that, what, man, we just want what we want. We want what we want, and if, if there's something is contrary to what we think is best, then it's like, then it's wrong. And I'm like, that's not, that's selfish. That's selfish. Famine's going to come. This trauma and trials and all that, I mean, it's coming. It, it's going to show up, and it shows up in the form of this, this third horse here. But there's another horse that's going to show up, uh, the... The fourth one, this is death. It says, when the lamb broke the fourth seal, I heard the fourth living being say, come. And I looked up and I saw a horse whose color was a pale green. Uh, the, other, the other way to, to describe that, it's a leprous color, right? So leper, leprosy, it's that, that, that skin, skin issue and it's, it's decay, um, it's gross is what it is. But he's, he's a pale green color, and its rider's name, its rider's was named Death. And his companion, this guy's got a buddy, was the grave. It says, these two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill 
with the sword and famine and disease. Oh, and wild animals. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, Mother Nature. Oh, yeah, she's coming back. She's like, look, I've had enough, okay? Like this wild beast, like attacking people, attacking people, killing people. That'll be part of it. But here you go. You have death in Hades. Um, Hades is not hell, uh, just so you, you understand that. that that's not, it's not talking about hell there. Um, death claims the body. Hades is going to claim the soul. Let's talk about a quarter of the population. I found out some interesting things today about this. A quarter of the, popu- a quarter of the population, basically right now, you kind of round it up a little bit, that's about 2 billion people. 2 billion people. 2 billion people dead, gone. Quarter of the population die. Right now, currently, a quarter of our population, our world's population, they're currently facing water shortages, water shortage issues, or have high water stress. So currently on our planet, a quarter of our population are trying to figure out what am I gonna what what can I drink? What can I drink? I think it's fascinating that a quarter, literally a quarter of our population or the world's population is facing water shortages. That's why there's so many ministries kind of going over to whether it's some places in South America for sure out to Africa and they're they're digging wells and they're trying to provide fresh water, drinkable water for people who don't have it. Because a quarter of our population doesn't even have access to clean water. Two billion people. That's crazy. Quarter of our population use Facebook. <laughs> that's, that's insane as well. Two billion people are active users on Facebook. Fascinating. A quarter of our population was on lockdown from this thing we call COVID-19. The rough estimates. A quarter of our population was on active lockdown. Interesting. That's kind of weird that that all kind of plays out around then. Um, A quarter of our population are insufficiently uh, active, meaning this. They're at high risk health-wise. Two billion people. I'm throwing out these these numbers for us to to understand that when something like this goes down, because we can be thinking like, man, a quarter of two billion people die, like that's certainly going to be noticeable, right? Yeah, I'm I'm sure it will be, but but what will it be attributed to? Because this may be like, you may think of this like, well, that's the, that's the awakening moment, right? That's when people get it like, oh, man, two billion people died. Maybe this is what the Bible is talking about. They're like, no, 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 no. See, it was a virus, a virus. See, they were unhealthy. See, they didn't have clean water. See, they spent too much time on Facebook. No, that's, not a, that's not a threat. Don't, don't spend too much time on Facebook. It's not going to kill you, I don't think, but um, probably not a good idea. But... We're already seeing that, well, will these be causes of it and all this stuff? Well, what we know is going to be causes of it is war and famine and uh, disease. So these are all going to be contributors into this thing. But 2 billion people 
as a result of this fourth seal, are going to be, they're going to die. They're going to die. Craziness. It's just insane. And we're, we're not even getting into the, you know, how much of the fresh water gets knocked out and the, the, uh, the fish, the sea life in the, in the ocean, how much of those guys get wiped out. I mean, we're, we'll get deeper into some of these things as we progress through the book. But this is just, again, I believe this is kind of giving us a good snapshot of like, hey, it's going to be really bad. Whatever you think it is, it's probably going to be a million times worse. Just saying. Okay, so the key to this, if I can say this right now, is um, th- there's, there's two sides to be on. Okay, you can be a participator in all these things, or you can be a spectator in all these things. Now, you definitely don't want to be the participator. Okay, you don't want to be here and you don't want your loved ones here on this planet when these things are going down. And not as if you're going to be in heaven with your binoculars out thinking like, oh, man, I'm just going to check this out. Like, I don't think that's going to be happening either. Now, you might see it all playing out and everything, but it's not like we're looking for like to watch two billion people die because that's crazy. But I, I want to be on this side and I am. Sealed, Jesus, Holy Spirit, like he sealed me, I'm his. I know which, which, you know, side of the, you know, which side of the field I'm going to be standing on. And it's going to be over here on the victorious side. But it is a good reminder. It's a good heads up as, as we see things just unfolding constantly and continually, especially recently. Man, there are pieces to the puzzles that are getting slid into place that we probably don't even, we're not even aware of. I mean, you've got the whole Middle East area. They are like perfectly situated for a lot of end times things to blow up right now. Right now. It is crazy. Crazy. Um, if I could plug anything, I, I would say go watch a uh, pastor that I, I've, I've, I've listened to. He used to come to the Bible college and speak to us. His name is Jack Hibbs. Um, awesome guy. Just totally cool. Him and Don Stewart. And we watched one of their videos. Last year, our Good Friday service, we watched a prophecy update. They do a thing called What's Happening Now? And they're like having to do these all the time because the headlines keep rolling in. And they're like, hey, look, here it is. Boom, boom, boom. Go check out Jack Hibbs and Don Stewart, What's Happening Now? Just to get a, an update of like what all has been going on in our world uh, in the last couple of months because it's pretty insane. It's pretty crazy. So there's another horse. Or I'm sorry, that was the last horse, the fourth one, death, okay? So you got the four horsemen, four horsemen. I always think of wrestling. That's just because I grew up watching wrestling. So if you know what that is, then you, you get it. But if not, don't even worry about it. It's cool. Um, but you got the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Um, they show up and they're, you got, you know, this, this pseudo piece. Then you got war, then you got famine, and you got death, and it's just chaos upon chaos upon chaos. Now we get to look at the, the other seal, the fifth one, that represents the martyrs, those who, who die. They don't just die to, you know, because they die. They, they die for something. That's what a martyr is. They die standing for something, representing something. These guys are martyrs. They die because they represent Jesus. Hopeless, hopeless, red for the broken 
You've been listening to Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're so glad that you joined us as Pastor James teaches through the book of Revelation. Some days it may feel like the choices you make don't really matter in the long run, but the book of Revelation teaches us otherwise. There will come a day when the decisions you make today will impact your future. There will come a day when all that is evil will be cast away and the darkness will no longer have dominion. So take a moment and think about your life. Are you making decisions that are good and holy, or are you making decisions that will hinder your relationship with the Lord? If it's the latter, be encouraged. God doesn't leave or forsake. Seek Him and ask Him to help you overcome the darkness. He is faithful, and He has the power to restore you. If you'd like to listen to today's teaching again or hear more verse-by-verse messages from Pastor James, visit breadforthebroken.com and click on the Teachings tab. While you're at our website, you'll also be able to learn more about the church behind this ministry, Calvary Chapel Galveston. If you're ever in the Galveston area, we'd love to have you visit. For directions and service times, just visit breadforthebroken.com. We'd love to hear from you too. So send us a quick note in the contact tab at breadforthebroken.com if you've been blessed by this program. There's still a lot to learn from the book of Revelation, but that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time for Bread for the Broken.